God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Someone tagged me in a meme on Facebook the other day. A meme is sort of like a cartoon. It's a picture of some sort that has words attached to it. And this particular one uh, had a picture of Jesus at the Last Supper. And I found that anytime anyone finds any sort of meme or quote or comic on the internet that has anything to do with Jesus, they tag me in it because I'm a pastor. Um, and, and this one was, like I said, a picture of the Last Supper, and it had um, Jesus with all of the disciples, and it said, Jesus' most impressive miracle was that he had 12 close friends when he was in his mid-30s. It takes a minute to sink in. <laughs> And it was both funny and sad because it's an example of how hard and how broken human relationships are. And that as adults, we just don't expect to have that many close and healthy 
friend relationships. And it's interesting that this particular one showed a picture of the Last Supper. It wasn't Jesus with the disciples sitting on a hillside somewhere sharing loaves and fish, but it was at the Last Supper where one of those 12 friends was just about to betray Jesus. Keeping up any sort of healthy relationships is hard. As, as adults, we, we tend to learn that. We begin to learn that when we're, when we're children. They take time. They take commitment. They take purpose. Sometimes we have to choose which relationships we have the time and the energy to nurture at a given season in our life. Sometimes we have to decide which ones we don't have time for and put them on pause or step back from them a little bit. Sometimes we have to end relationships because they're hurting us, they're hurting the other person, they're hurting the people around us. Sometimes we can do everything right on our end and the other party does something to hurt us, like we see in the betrayal of Judas um, betraying Jesus. We're broken. Our communities are broken. Our relationships are broken. And often we even see this sad, violent brokenness in the narratives of Scripture. The Bible is full of tragically broken relationships. This evening's text uh, from Exodus is a troubling one because it is certainly not without violence. And many people struggle, and rightfully so, with the Old Testament because of the violence in many of its narratives. Some people use this violence in the Old Testament to justify the idea of reacting violently toward enemies. But what we see in the Old Testament is not a God who loves violence. What we see is broken people who love violence and misinterpret God. Our loving God does not rejoice at the deaths of the firstborn in Egypt in this passage, even though... The Pharaoh, just a few decades before, had ordered the deaths of all male Hebrew babies. The people of Israel do not sing and celebrate, even as the Egyptian army is crushed by waters later on as they exit. Even as they realize that their moment of freedom is sealed, they celebrate later. They take the time to sit in awe of the powerful tragedy of how they escaped. The Hebrew people realized, at least for a little while, they waffle on this if you read through the Old Testament, but they realized just how costly their salvation from Egypt was. The Egyptians' brutality toward the Hebrews did not make these deaths any less tragic. The awful things that Pharaoh ordered against the Hebrew people did not mean that he was just some faceless bad guy who simply got what he deserved. Nobody deserves death and violence any more than another. Salvation for Israel was costly. How much more costly, then, was our salvation, sealed for us, by the blood of Christ. We do not rejoice at the death of Jesus, but rather we sit for these days leading up to Easter, remembering the great price of our salvation. Like Israel, we hold off on the celebration for these days and dwell with the tragic cost of our salvation before we can move on to rejoice. During the Passover, the blood of a lamb 
protected the people from physical death. And today, we celebrate communion, acknowledging that the Lamb of God conquers death once and for all. And we mark not our doorways, like the Hebrew people did, but we mark our lives. Just as the Hebrew slaves painted their doorways with the blood of the Passover lamb, we must mark ourselves by transformation of our lives and our wills and our spirits. Here in the Last Supper, Jesus gives us the first step toward that transformation. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That is the marker on our doorways, on our lives, the love that we have for those around us. As I mentioned before, the word mandi comes from the Latin word for commandment. So Monday Thursday is the day on which we remember the Last Supper, but we also remember Jesus' commandment to love one another just as he loved us. Just as the Israelites were set apart and protected by God's love for them, symbolized by the sacrificial lamb, we are set apart and protected by God's love for us, as seen in the sacrifice of Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus then calls us to go out and to love one another as a sign of that love. People will know that we belong to God because of the sacrificial love that we show, just as he did. Friends, the parade is in the past. The hosannas have hushed. And 